Welcome to the biggest event in the world of entertainment. Live from the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, it's the 68th Annual Academy Awards. Greeting the stars as they arrive to celebrate, Oprah Winfrey. I'm here at the Oscars. It's my favorite night of the year. I've watched every single year, never missed since I was 10 years old. And tonight, I have the best seat in the house along with you. There's the star of Under Siege and action director Steven Seagal. Nominated for Best Live Action Short Film, actor Jeff Goldblum with Oscar winner Laura Dern. It's 007 star of GoldenEye, Pierce Brosnan. Best Picture nominee for Apollo 13, director Ron Howard. Giving up the throne tonight. You're giving, giving up, up the throne. I am. Is it hard to do, or is no. it a good passing of the torch? It's passing a great up. Great passing of the torch. Do you have any predictions of your own? No, I don't. Oh, no. You just be happy to give it to whoever wins. Absolutely. Smiling Ed Harris, nominated for Best Supporting Actor in Apollo 13. The crowd's welcoming actress Winona Ryder, nominated for last year's movie Little Women. Now it's a number one box office hit. And now I'm drunk with power. And now you're drunk with power. Oh, excuse me, I see Emma Thompson. <laughs> She's nominated as Best Supporting Actress for Sense and Sensibility, Kate Winslet. Nominated for Best Supporting Actor in 12 Monkeys, Brad Pitt. Oscar winner Richard Dreyfus, one of this year's Best Actor nominees for Mr. Holland's Opus. Such a fantastic day, I can't believe it. Isn't it wonderful? And the other thing, Emma, you're nominated for, of course, we all know you have two major nominations here tonight. Is there one in particular you want to take home? I won the boat. I won the boat. They say some of the best ideas come from boredom, and it just so happens some of the worst ideas also come from boredom. This is the latter. Connor McPartland alongside younger brother and co-host. Aiden McPartland, say hi to the people, Aiden. Good evening, good evening, and good evening. That is not hello, but okay. Better than nothing. Today, we will be revisiting the 1996 Academy Awards. But first, apologies, omissions, and errors from our last podcast in which we recapped the 1995 Academy Awards. The segment brought to you by deodorant. Deodorant, mouthwash for your armpits. Our apologies to Uma Thurman. I feel like we really downplayed what a travesty it was that she lost Best Supporting Actress to Diane Weist for Bullets Over Broadway. Uma it, Thurman it, yeah. playing perhaps the best female character of the 90s. Perhaps. One of, certainly. Yeah. Um, and we just did not bring it up as much as we should. We didn't talk about that category a lot. No, we were just kind of like Diane Weist won for a movie nobody remembers, and then we were done. Yeah. But looking back on it, I do think it was a travesty that we didn't talk about Uma Thurman enough. Yeah, she was perfect in that movie. She was. She was really, really good. Um, an omission. Aiden and I had not seen Ed Wood yet when we had done that podcast. After seeing Ed Wood, Aiden, what should it have been nominated for besides the two awards that it was nominated for? I think it should have been nominated for Best Actor. For Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I forgot who I would take out. It's okay. You don't, I mean, okay. just as long I as you I think say that, that probably Tim Burton should have been recognized. Honestly, what he was able to do, make it feel like a universal horror movie. Yes. I thought was incredible. 
it was. It was it, some of the shots were Wes Anderson. I felt yeah. like in its symmetry, uh, in you know how centered the camera yeah. is. But I think the biggest tragedy tragedy is the fact that Johnny Depp didn't even get a nomination. Yeah, I kind of thought he his performance was better than Martin Landau. I did think that Martin Landau was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I know you can't compare it because one's supporting, one's lead. He Johnny Depp is the main character. But you look movie. at Johnny Depp's film catalog and a lot of the movies it seems like he's kind of the same person yeah. you know what i mean and ed wood is just something completely different that smile he has on his face the whole movie is just like was perfect this is gonna be it this is gonna be the one i'm remembered for yeah um an error i feel like we didn't make it clear enough that we thought the 1995 academy awards were forgettable in every sense except for Best Picture. Yes. I feel like we didn't make that clear enough re-listening to the podcast we did. We thought it was forgettable in all of the acting categories except maybe Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump. Because the other three is for movies that weren't nominated for really anything else. And nobody really remembers. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So 1996 Oscars. Um, it was for, obviously, the films of 1995. Here are just some of the films to come out in the year 1995. Seven, Toy Story, Apollo 13, Braveheart, GoldenEye, 12 Monkeys, Bad Boys, The Usual Suspects, Heat, Babe, Outbreak, Leaving Las Vegas, Jumanji, Billy Madison, Clueless, Tommy Boy, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Friday, Dead Man Walking, Casino, The Bridges of Madison County, Batman Forever, While You Were Sleeping, Before Sunrise, The American President, Sense and Sensibility, Crimson Tide. There are a bunch I left off that list. But I was, this is a pretty good movie year. Pretty stacked movie year. And I'm trying to think in recent memory when we had back-to-back really good movie years and really stacked movie years. Because, you know, you think in recent memory, 2017 was a great movie year. 2018, not so good. Yeah, lackluster. And then 2019 was amazing. Yeah. So I was just trying to think of, I think it it doesn't happen a lot that you get a back-to-back great movie year. Man, that is... Good point. I, I was going to say like 2005 and 2006, but like I kind of realized that only like three movies are really well known from both of those years. Yeah, those were two lackluster Oscars years, right? Yeah. Which I know isn't what you're supposed to be grading movie years off of in general, but yeah. Yeah. Um, the Oscars were held uh, March 25th. They were hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, three hours and 39 minutes long, 44.8 million in the ratings um this was where should we should we start off with uh should we start off with babe or should we start off with braveheart okay i think we should start off with braveheart okay i don't know when we're gonna go to babe but we're gonna get there braveheart most nominations of the night with 10 not as much as forrest gump the previous year but uh similar to how we did how we never got two back-to-back good movie years in a row it's hard to think of two best picture winners in a row that were as big as these movies yeah like these were monster movies i think braveheart was a little bigger i think it made more at the box office um certainly braveheart was made as a epic yeah and, and even think that forrest gump in a way was robert zemeckis's epic yes you know? it just wasn't the traditional yeah. epic whereas braveheart big, you is, know big budget long yeah. movies big budget big set pieces tons of extras mm-hmm. you know we 
we saw a ton in what was I'm trying to think of back into the movies, the Lawrence CNN. of Arabia. Well, yeah, but like that era of like the 60s, yeah. 50s, the movies. Like long movies with like intermissions. Not like Cleopatra yeah. long where it almost bankrupts the studio and it's like four hours long. But it does go back to that era of Hollywood. Yeah. And we know how much the Academy loves when something they recognizes when classic go film. Back. Yeah. Um, but Braveheart was a huge, huge movie. Um, like I said, 10 nominations. It won the most of the night with five. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Babe. Yeah. You have Braveheart over here, a really great movie. Well, that does, I think deserved yeah. most of the awards that it got. And then you got Babe on the exact other end well, of everything. Yeah. Uh, Babe, which is, uh, half the running time of Braveheart, which is a nearly three hour movie, Babe, just over an hour and a half. Yeah. Just over. With credits. With credits. Um, Babe, obviously a kids movie that came a, out. A in, children, a children's, a children's movie. movie, not a kid's movie, a child's movie. Um, it's about uh, it's talking animals. It's about a pig, and uh, the farmer who raises him decides to try to make him into a sheepdog, and that's the movie. Uh, and it got uh, seven Oscar nominations, including a ton that we're gonna list off here. Which again, we list off the eight major awards of the night. It got a lot of them, and I'm looking back. I was I was kind of dumbfounded after I watched it that it did get as much as it got. And so I typed in on Google. I typed in, "How did Babe get a Best Picture nomination?" Expecting this like huge story, like how Shakespeare in Love beats Saving Private Ryan you for know, Best like Picture. Like people know the story. Like about th it. Th like there's some yeah like you know there's like a whole oral history devoted to it. And what I got instead was a lot of people saying. Had Braveheart not won, Babe should have won Best Picture. But I, I couldn't find any story that explained how this happened. I found a lot of people loving Babe, which I'm sure if I was 10 years younger, maybe, I would like, like if it. you grew up on the movie, I think you would really like it. This is this is definitely a movie that I would see a third grade teacher or second grade teacher showing me. I'm surprised that nobody did ever show it to me. Yeah. Uh, when I was in elementary school, like you a never movie that I would love. You didn't. You never little. watched it in elementary school. Right? I mean, I might have, but the thing is about Baby that it kind of molds together in every other talking animal movie that I've seen in yeah. my childhood. So I could have seen it. I just don't remember if yeah. that was Babe or not. Yeah. Um. And and it's just it, it's crazy. It's was this a bad? Was this? Here's the thing. I don't think that Babe is necessarily a terrible movie. I think that there are some good elements in it, but I think the fact that this got a Best Picture nomination mm -hmm. is just astonishing to me. Well, okay, so so maybe then we should just we won't get into best the Best Picture race just yet, but we will list off the Best Picture nominees from this year, which were Apollo thirteen, Babe, Braveheart, Two Postino, The Postman, and Sense and Sensibility. And you look at all. I listed off a bunch of other movies that came out that year um, that are so different from Babe and kind of shockingly didn't get anything, didn't take Tommy its place Boy. in Best That's Picture. That's the most astonishing thing to me. Yes. I was about to say Tommy Boy, not getting Best Picture, and, yeah. and Babe instead was astonishing. But you have something like Dead Man Walking, which got a lot of other things. Again, a very different movie yeah. from Babe, but got a lot of other nominations. And maybe this can take us into another 
uh, way to look at this, which is that a, a common quality of the five movie best picture era at the Oscars was that you saw basically eight or nine films recognized every year, the mm-hmm. same eight or nine films really. And it was kind of a, it was, it's kind of a bad beat. Now you and I are growing up in this era where there's eight to 10 best picture nominees every year. And so you see a large variety. You can see a best picture nominee that doesn't have any acting nominees or any screenplay nominees that gets in there. But that's not really the case, especially this year too. Yeah. Especially in this era, like the five best picture nominees, you can pretty much guarantee that they have at least five other nominations or maybe like seven other nominations throughout the night. And that's just like not, exciting in a way yeah this is this is certainly i think the 90s and even going into a little bit into the 2000s is whatever one best picture probably was going to win seven or eight yeah more sweep that year whereas the best picture winner this year parasite only got four in total so you look at forrest gump won what six and braveheart wins seven did i say yeah seven yeah so i mean and and then obviously we'll talk about Titanic in a little bit, mm-hmm. which just goes and your don't freak out when I say this, Lord of the Rings, the Return yeah. of the King, which but goes we're gonna on, get to that. And we'll I'm going to, to defend it until the day I die because that is a masterpiece. And I am going to fall asleep ten minutes into having to rewatch it again. Or maybe I won't, but I because I don't think I don't I, need to rewatch it because it's already in my mind. I engraved it into my mind, but I want to rewatch it. I don't it. know if I want to rewatch it because I don't think I'll be able to understand it any better than the first time I watched it. You, you could. I can explain the movie to you. We'll I can have this explain debate. Explain all the characters to you. We'll have this. How, debate how later. many more episodes do we have? I don't think I can wait that. But long. anyway, the point that I was getting at was it. Maybe that's kind of an answer to Babe getting everything yeah. that it did get. But I mean, like I said, Dead Man Walking got a lot, and I think Dead Man Walking is a better movie it's, than Babe. I, yeah. But you can. I mean, you can say that about all of these movies because. Babe is like a it's kid's a children's movie. movie. Yeah. I can't get mad at it because it's made for children. Yeah. Really. Uh, and it's fine for children. You can watch this with your child and you won't want to die. Well, uh, I, I at least know. that's what I took away from it. I guess maybe. Um, but, you know, you had Dead Man Walking, which was a better movie. I thought Casino was a much better movie. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas is yeah. a much better movie. I even thought like The Bridges of Madison County was a much better movie. Um, then babe, while you were sleeping, kind of, maybe while you were sleeping, yeah. yeah. So, well, and and that kind of leads us into this next one, which is um, Seven, which is maybe the most famous movie to come out of this year. Maybe not as famous as Braveheart, but I think certainly in the I, I think it's cinema more, fanatics. Yeah, I think it's built more of a cult following than yeah. Braveheart has. Um, it wasn't it, as it wasn't necessarily a hit, but it was it just like people realized what it was and started loving it. You know, yeah. Um, but you have zero nominations, zero nominations, which is kind of crazy. This is this is not David Finchner's first movie. His first one was Alien Three. Yeah, that's right. But this was his first kind of big this was his solo first, movie. Yeah, like you said, it was his first solo movie. He, you know, it was his first big thing. Because did the game and Panic Room come before this? Oh, I think Panic Room was ninety one. Right here, let me Google it. I'm assuming that Panic Room and it. I'm assuming that Panic oh, Room and the other Panic thing. Room was way after this. Panic Room was oh. 2002. Never so mind. So this was probably his second movie. Alien was in like the early 
game, not the American rapper, the 19... Okay, yeah, and the game was after this. So yeah, this was his first big non-franchise movie, right? His first original movie, which, like we said, was a huge hit, I think, even at the time. Yeah. And um, maybe because people were just so awestruck that, oh my gosh, you could do this in a movie? Yeah, maybe. It's kind of crazy to see that. But it begs the question, is this, like, a pretty memorable Oscars, do you think, Aiden? Oh, because uh, you can make the argument. You, I can certainly, yeah, I can make the argument both ways. Because uh, you have Emma Thompson winning Best Adapted Screenplay. She becomes one of very few women to ever win in the category in a screenwriting award overall. There are less than 20 women that ever have ever won it before. You have uh, Toy Story getting a Best Original Screenplay nomination. The Do you first... think that's... Okay, we'll get to that when we get to original screenplay. Okay. Um, and then you have the usual suspects winning that category, which has arguably the biggest twist in the history of film. Biggest plot twist. Maybe maybe The Sixth Sense beats it out. Um, you have Nicolas Cage winning an Oscar. Yeah. And then right after his Oscar, he goes on the holy trilogy of Face Off, Con Air, and what was the other one? The Rock. That was the other oh, one. Yeah. Um, Best like, movie stretch ever. I. I just said, like, the best movie. Like, it's always impossible for actors to get, like, the three-movie stretch. They always go two in a row, and then they don't stick the landing Mm -hmm. in the end, but he stuck the landing I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone has done that since. No, I don't think so. Jennifer Lawrence was close, maybe. Like, I think it was, like, Hunger Games, Silver Linings Playbook, and then she had to have a dud in between there, because I don't think American Hustle was right afterwards. I think... Well, I mean, that's close. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, like a bunch of people get close. Um, so, I mean, and then you, like I said, a Braveheart winning all this stuff, and it's, it's you know, one of the biggest movies of that year. So I would make, and you have Babe getting yeah. seven, seven Oscar nominations. So I would say that it's a, I would think that it's a memorable year. I think it's a more memorable year then last year's Oscars, again, I don't think the Best Picture nominees are essentially more memorable, but at least I thought the woman who won Best Actress was deserving yeah. of it. Like, certainly in terms of, like, who won, I think it has kind of stood the test of time in terms of, like, their performance or how well it was written or the best, better movie. Yeah. All right, so should we get into some categories here? We shall. So let's uh, get into Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees were Apollo 13, Babe, Leaving Las Vegas, Two Postino, The Postman, and Sense and Sensibility One in the end. Should we talk about the snubs first and then talk about the actual category, or should we talk about the actual category first and then the snubs? Oh, snubs. Okay. So Wait, is this original screenplay or adapted? Adapted. Think. Okay. Way to pay attention. <laughs> well, you said original screenplay, and then you said... I said adapted screenplay. Viewers okay. can rewind, the hit the 15-second button. I think I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, you were. Um, so some snubs for best adapted screenplay that I had. Wait, is this original? Dead Man Walking, Casino, The Bridges of Madison County, and Leaving... Oh, no, wait, no. Leaving Las Vegas was nominated. So just Dead Man Walking, Casino, and The Bridges of Madison County are some of the snubs I had for original screenplay. I think Dead Man... Again, Dead Man Walking is kind of interesting because it gets all of these other big nominations and it seems like the movie that's kind of going to clean up with everything else and then it doesn't. I really, really liked Casino and I thought it was maybe my favorite Martin Scorsese movie so far, having not seen Goodfellas. 
but I did like it more than the Irishman, I think. So no uh there there's no streaming service that has two posts, you know, the postman. Mm-hmm. I checked time. So we can't say whether or not it's a good movie or not. Um, so I would take out two posts, you know, the postman and put in casino. Um, now obviously you haven't seen casino Aiden, but would you take, would you take out two posts, you know, put in dead man walking? I probably would. Cause when I walked out of dead man walking, I was kind of from like, the living room from, in which you were watching it on your phone. Room. Yeah. I was kind of like, wow, that was a very performance driven movie. But looking back on it, I was so in vested in the movie because of the dialogue between Sean Penn and uh Susan Sarandon. There yeah. Um what the one what I thought was so good about Dead Man Walking was it made you like as nervous as Sean yeah. Penn was building up to him eventually getting the death penalty. And the the script did a great job at humanizing a criminal, which is kind of what like during the movie I was kind of like this is kind of sort of like Shawshank Redemption where it makes you sympathize with criminals. Yeah. And I thought that that was just incredible. And it was a perfect balance of it wasn't trying to make him seem like a good guy in the end. Like Mm -hmm. in the end you see him rape the girl and then you see him shoot both of them. And then it also wasn't trying to shove this religious aspect down your throat and say if he he finds God, then he's going to be redeemed and everyone just needs to find God. And it did that perfect balance. That is like the minimal thing of the movie. The main thing is just the friendship that they bond together. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that was incredible. So I think I would take out uh, two Postino, the Postino, the Postman. Uh, and I'm in in a pretty comfortable position here because I can take out Babe too and put in Casino, so I get both Casino and Dead Man Walking. Um, I will say the Bridges of Madison County, which is literally a movie with just Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood talking for the most part. There's maybe three other people in the movie, was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be, especially when I saw the runtime and it was like two hours and ten minutes, and I was like, oh gosh. I don't know if I can do this. And it it was much more entertaining than I thought it was. I don't know why Meryl Streep had to have a French accent in the movie. I guess the character in the book. She's able to do it. I guess. Like, she's like, I've already done Australian. I've already done German. I I have this French accent. Do you guys want me to do it? I mean, I've been practicing. I have it in my back pocket. Um, Now, Sense and Sensibility wins in the end. I think that this was the right choice. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think it was similar to... I don't think it was as good of a screenplay as Little Women and what Greta Gerwig was able to do with that movie, which we'll praise her when we get to it and what she was able to do with that screenplay. But it was in the sense and sensibility was in that um, it made me feel invested and entertained in this story that I would not be in any other sense, like would be very easy to make me feel bored by and everything like there are there's humor in it. I, um, and I, I, I like the movie a lot, mainly because of the screenplay. Yeah, I thought it was good. I'm not as crazy yeah. as... I, and I knew that going in because I yeah. knew you were like, it's just a lot of British people it's, being it's, British. I, okay. It has certainly grown on me a little bit looking back on it. I do have a lot of respects for the movie, and I do agree with you that I think that this was the right choice. Was I more entertained by Apollo 13? I was. But I think that Sense and Sensibility screenplay was more impressive and maybe a little bit more well well written but when i was going into it 
the one thing I was afraid of was that I was going to think that it was just a British period piece based off of a long book. And sadly, when I got out of it, I was thinking, man, that was just a British period piece based off of a long book. And see, that's the that's kind of one of the differences that you and I have. And maybe it's because of the way that I watched Apollo 13. But I think I was a little more entertained by Sense and Sensibility than Apollo really? 13. And I'm sure it's the way that I watched it. I had to start and stop it a couple of times, which I didn't need to. Whereas with Braveheart and Casino, I did because they're like three-hour movies. And I can't sit through that. But um, I can. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, okay, whatever. Way to brag about that, Aiden. You have a lot of free it's, time. It's on your hands. not really nothing to brag about. I mean, I can sit for three hours and still be entertained by something. So I think they made the right move. You thought, I, I think that they, yeah, I'll say that they made okay, the right move. Okay. Uh, best original screenplay. The nominees were uh, Braveheart, Mighty Aphrodite, Nixon, Toy Story, and The Usual Suspects. Some snubs I had uh, Clueless. Which uh, we are going to talk a lot about on this podcast because some I, of the snubs that uh, I absolutely sure. think the movie was snubbed a lot. And I will say this about what Amy Heckerling was able to do with the movie. I'm not the first one to point this out. A lot of people have. Up until that point, a lot of teen movies were heavily focused on the male's point of view. The one exception probably being, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. But even but like even the, then she's not like really the main main even character. then she's not the main main character. And yeah, you know, Molly Ringwald, huge Sixteen mm-hmm. Candles, Breakfast Club, all this stuff. But I but Clueless is Clueless is genius in that it doesn't She's exactly who you expect her to be. She is yeah. exactly who you expect her to be. And there's like no apology for that. You know what I mean? Kind of. Okay. Well, what did what did you love about the screenplay so much? I, I really liked it because like it has because like the whole thing about her is that she's kind of a dumb blonde, but she shows that she's not that really. Yeah. And and it's just the environment that she grew up in is why she's yeah. like this. And I thought that the it was just such, it was also such a funny movie too. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get off of is the is the stereotype of the dumb valley girl and how they didn't really change that but they also didn't make fun of it at the same time they really made her a powerful force whereas molly ringwald in 16 candles no disrespect to molly ringwald she's a god in this household from from our mother but um what she was kind of like the girl that you knew, like the cynical, sarcastic one in most of the movies that she was in. And and, and Clueless, that's like that, that, that she embodies that stereotype of the Dumb Valley mm-hmm. girl. Um, and I, I just thought it was it was great. And then from that, I don't think we get anything like Mean Girls or or anything like that as a teen movie unless we get Clueless in the end. Oh, certainly not. I mean. Mean Girls was clueless of the 2000s, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tommy Boy. Oh, man. Stuff that I had, which uh, I, I had, yeah, go ahead. Go Dude, ahead. Tommy Boy might be one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I don't think that there is like a weak joke in it. I mean, we're going to get into the supporting actor and actor soon, but they're, oh my God, the jokes in it is just some of the funniest things yeah. ever. So and the movie hasn't aged that poorly either. I think along it's aged with relatively well. Even the things that haven't really aged well they acknowledge isn't incredible in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think some of the things that you can 
say, I don't know. I think I actually think it's aged kind of better in Clueless in some regards. Yeah. Some of the jokes in Clueless, but yeah, Tommy Boy made me laugh really hard in the there moment. Were so many moments where I was simply dying of laughter. Yeah, blank, blank, blank. Richard has become like a, a staple in our household. Um, everything from his gosh, what, what's your favorite scene in the movie? Like that made you laugh. You're gonna need to give me an hour to. Th- think about okay that. like anything that's well anything with just chris farley and david spade on the i road. think yes is yes. just so funny i love the fight between the two of them yes like the gas station scene is so funny to me the fact that they were able to get that humor just from these two people being yeah. on the road and everything and it's the classic buddy road trip movie but they did it so well and they and they wrote the characters exactly how chris farley and david mm-hmm. spade are in real life and i and, always think that is an, it's an SNL movie but it's not based off an, of any SNL characters too which yeah. makes it a little bit more special I think yeah definitely definitely um, another one I had was the American president which fun fact I uh, read that Aaron Sorkin's first draft of the American president was like 350 pages <laughs> and he had to cut out a bunch of it which a lot of the lines and jokes that he had to cut off uh, went to the West Wing mm. eventually but uh, but this was uh, not his first big screenplay. Obviously, that's A Few Good Men. But this is the last one before he goes into this huge television mm-hmm. run that he like had. One of the, I think one of the best television runs ever, probably. Yeah, probably. Even though Sports Night in Studio 60 ended yeah. pretty early. But like they were still like really good shows that yeah. no one watched. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. And then Seven, their yeah. uh, original screenplay, too. So the nom... Mm-hmm. You already said the nominees, by the way. No, I know. I know. I was just saying, from the nominees, Mighty Aphrodite, obviously, Mm -hmm. is a movie that neither you nor I have seen. Spoiler alert, we're going to be saying that about a lot of Woody Allen movies, I feel like, uh, or at least up until this point. Because for some reason, they're not on any streaming service. Like You can't even buy it off of Amazon. Did you check that with Mighty Aphrodite, too? Mm Mm-hmm. You did? Wow. Okay. It's, and that's crazy because no they way. had to deal with him. So I wonder if after everything that happened, they just like scrubbed it. That would make more sense. I guess, yeah. But And also it's not even close to one of his most popular movies. Like I know that Amazon has like Manhattan and Annie Hall, which is some of his most popular movies. Yeah. But maybe because like Bullets Over Broadway and Mighty Aphrodite aren't popular whatsoever, really. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um and then Nixon, which is this Oliver Stone film that's uh, longer than Braveheart. It mm-hmm. goes into the three-hour, 15-minute range. What's with him and always making long movies? Is there he any, doesn't care. He is doesn't there care. any movie of his that is under three hours long? I don't nope. think so. Nope. Even Born on the Fourth of July, I think it's like... It's, it's a really long movie. Yeah. So I would happily take out uh, My Day Aphrodite, put in Clueless, and then take out Nixon and put in Tommy Boy. Absolutely. And... Yes, I do have a bias between those because those are the two of the four movies yeah. that I've seen. I've seen bits and pieces of The American President. It's a great screenplay. Yeah. It's very Aaron Sorkin-y. But... I didn't know it was Aaron Sorkin. No, you didn't. I you didn't. were shot. You, I don't know you how told you told me it, and I was like, and I was so disbelieving of you for some reason. You, I, was I just told like, you this. No way. That's him. You were watching Michael J. Fox give this like huge monologue about what type of bears live in the woods and stuff like that. I didn't put and two like, and two together and put, I didn't assume that it was Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Cause in like he's every interview that I've seen of his, he's never talked about the American president really in the interviews that I've seen of his. Yeah. Um, so I would put that in now the usual suspects wins in the end. 
Um, I think that this was a very... I, I like this option just because it was not the safest choice for the Academy yeah. to do. That would have been love brave hard. do the things that are like unexpected. Yeah, like it was, I th- I would think that this would be a surprise because I thought everybody would think that it would be yeah. Braveheart in the and end. understandable. Braveheart's script is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, The Usual Suspects, like I said, one of the biggest twists mm-hmm. in the history of cinema, probably. Um, the dialogue between the five of them was just great, how it cuts... How it's a non-linear story. Yeah, how it all cuts together in the end. So I think they made the right choice. I certainly end, think that they that. made the right choice. Um, Toy Story, though, getting very... Toy Story. Do you think that they uh, nominated Toy Story uh, because it was the first animated movie and it was just like such a big change? I don't know. That's an interesting... Yeah, that's interesting. Because I do think that the Toy Story script is probably the best script that Pixar has had. Toy, the it, first Toy Story? The first Toy Story. The the horror movie that gave me nightmares as a child? I rewatched it recently, and it is much funnier than I thought it was. Oh, well, then maybe that's the reason why. It was... I mean, it's not I mean, like... It's a, certainly a children... Yeah. I don't even... I, it's a children's movie. It's not certainly a children's movie. It's horrific in yeah. most senses of the word. But it has so many, like, quick humor in it that I don't think children are going to get, but, like... Adults will be like, oh, ha ha. Um, there is a lot of humor in it. And it's not that kids' movies up to that point, like the Disney movies, hadn't been entertaining for adults. Yeah. But this is like a different form of animation. And it's one that it's a kids' movie that doesn't have musicals right in the middle of it or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I'm sure all that helped culminate. Um, Best Supporting Actress. The nominees were Joan Allen Nixon. Kathleen Quinlan, Apollo 13, Mira Severino, Mighty Aphrodite, Marie Winningham, Georgia, Kate Winslet, Sense and Sensibility, Mira Severino wins in the end for Mighty Aphrodite. Some snubs, I had uh, Brittany Murphy for Clueless and Stacey Dash for Clueless. Stacey Dash plays Cher's best friend, and then Brittany Murphy plays the new girl who comes in. Um, I Brittany Murphy is in the movie more, I feel like. Uh, great performance by her mm-hmm. too, but I, I, don't know, I like Stacey Dash in the movie too. Yeah, they, well, they're both really good. They are both really good. And then, um, yeah, those were the only two snubs I had for supporting actress. Can you think of anything else? I don't nope, know how really. long Gwyneth Paltrow is in Seven for, so I can't say Gwyneth Paltrow for Seven because she may just be in it for like three yeah. seconds. I'm not sure. Um, Mira Severino wins in the end for Mighty Aphrodite, mm. another Woody Allen movie. Now, what I will say about this is that this kind of kickstarted a huge 90s run that Mira Severino had, um, which is, of course, capped by uh, Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. Um, so this does kind of put her on the map and and is, I don't know if it was necessarily her big break. I don't think it was. Um, I guess winning an Oscar is kind of a big deal. Right? I think that's your, but it's not like, I think that's the height of your power. Yeah. But it's I, not like, it's not necessarily your big break. Leonardo it, DiCaprio yeah. winning his Oscar was like, yeah, the, it's, it's just his the big break. height of his career. But know? she went, I, I mean, you could argue that she went up for that. Cause I don't know how many people watched Mighty Aphrodite. I know that Romy Michelle became a huge cult phenomenon and a lot of the other nineties movies that she was in. I, I really liked Kate Winslet in Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, she was this is one her, of my favorite parts of yeah. the movie, certainly. This is one of her first big roles mm-hmm. that she's had in film. Um, and I thought, 
I mean, she she's kind of like the the whiny younger sister that we see in so many mm-hmm. movies before then. But I I honestly would give it to I I think I would give it to Brittany Murphy for Clueless in the end. Really? I mean, well, and Kathleen Quinlan. Oh, first of all, Joan Allen. Haven't seen Nixon. Probably will never see Nixon. Mm-hmm. It's three hours long. Short your movies, Oliver Stone, and then I'll watch them. Um, Kathleen Quinlan, I thought was really great in Apollo 13, yeah, too. She was. Um, that movie comes out 20 years later. She gets as much screen time as Claire Foy in First Man, because we saw it yes. happen with Claire Foy in yeah. First Man. Um, but I thought she was good, too, in some of the, like that one of the very early scenes in the movie that she has with Tom Hanks, and they're sitting on the porch, and she's asking him to, like, you know, point out the constellations and then throughout the movie as she's, you know, like getting super worried that her husband Mm -hmm. might die. What, what, what are you thinking on this? Um, you, I think that you very clearly don't care about this category just because you haven't seen so many of the movies and that these women are nominated for. I just don't know who to win. You know, I just don't know who I want to win. So I guess I'll go with you and say what's her name? Brittany from- Murphy. Yeah. I just thought that her it's very different from who Brittany Murphy was in real life. And I just thought her her comedic timing in the movie was really, really good. And the fact that she was a standout mm-hmm. in most of the movie uh was also a, a benefit to her. So it would never happen, obviously. Yeah. But uh best supporting actor, the nominees were James Cromwell Babe. <laughs> Ed Harris, Apollo 13, Brad Pitt, 12 Monkeys, Tim Roth, Rob Roy, Kevin Spacey, The Usual Suspects. Kevin Spacey wins for The Usual Suspects. Some snubs I had Michael J. Fox and Martin Sheen for The American President. Uh, Kevin Spacey probably could have been nominated twice. The other one coming from seven, he probably could have gotten double nomination. Uh, David Spade, David Tommy, Spade, Tommy Boy. Boy. Now you could make the argument. There's some people that might make be like he's not considered a lead actor in the movie. I think if Brad Pitt is considered a supporting actor in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. David Spade would be considered a supporting actor. In I Hollywood. think they really only care about who is the main character in the movie, which is yeah, which is like Farley. even with like the favorite, technically Olivia Coleman is the main character in the favorite. Exactly. Even though I don't know, even though where she's her... in the movie so much less than Emma than Stone, both and, Emma Stone and Rachel Wise. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then uh, Al Pacino and he, which everybody loves Al Pacino and he and his Al Pacino-ness in all I mean, the peak Al Pacino in terms of how Al Pacino he was. So, okay. So this is Brad Pitt's first Oscar nomination, by the way, right? It was. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. Um, edit, James Cromwell winning for Babe I'll, is... I'll say this. He was, I think, the best part of the movie. But... He, okay. Yeah. That's not saying much yeah, from exactly. It. But still, I mean, I have to because give a what there's on. the dancing scene, and then that's it. And then the rest of the movie, he's delivering the same line in the mm-hmm. same. I which I guess you can praise it for being a subtle performance. I don't know. I would but, keep, I, I, I would praise Ed Harris for Apollo thirteen for being a more subtle performance than I ever ever. Well, yeah, him and what I. Babe. What is so great about Ed Harris in that movie? The, everybody is subtle in that movie. Yeah. Nobody has like a like. No cat, one has a scene. Nobody. Bill Paxton doesn't start screaming because he's getting cabin fever up in space. Kathleen Quinlan never starts screaming because she's scared that her husband might die. Ed Harris does scream at one point 
in the movie, like kicks the cabinet and is like, I don't want result or I don't want uh, estimates. I want answers and stuff like that. But it's a very subtle performance by him. And I think that's one of the things that elevates the movie. Everybody being mm-hmm. subtle, not being an out there movie in yeah. your face. Um, but I would keep him in there. Yeah. Ooh, would you put Kevin Bacon in here? That's what I was thinking. Like, would Bill Paxton and Kevin Bacon would be supporting it? I would right? say, yeah. I think Tom Hanks would be the lead actor in that. Yeah. So I liked how Bill Paxton got, I mean, obviously he gets sicker and sicker as the movie goes on and he plays that really well. And I don't know, maybe Kevin Bacon. Maybe. I mean, I just want to see Kevin Bacon have an Oscar nomination. Was Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I think, I think in, in as the more and more episodes we go, I'll give yeah. him a couple more Oscar chances. We'll we'll throw some Oscar nods to him. Um, again, have not seen Seven. Everything I've seen from the movie, though, and Kevin Spacey in the movie, he is a psychopath. Um, more of a psychopath than the character that he played in The Usual Suspects, which is a pretty big psychopath, too. But you don't know it for an extended period of time. No, you don't. But, I mean, you know that he's a bad guy. Yeah. You just don't know how evil he is mm-hmm. until the very end of the movie. And this was kind of a shocker win. Yeah. Like for a movie and a performance like that to, to win was, it goes back to it winning original screenplay. It's something that's it's just so crazy move. It is a, it's not the safest choice at all. Yeah. I guess the safest choice would have been James Cromwell. And Bay, yeah. Probably. It would, certainly would have been the same. It would not have been the right, choice no i think kevin spacey winning was the right choice though you do you so absolutely i think we'll both throw in david spade for tommy boy yes but you do think kevin spacey should have won i the think end. he deserved it because it was a very subtle performance and it just it, every scene where it's him in the interrogation room just talking is like so in i was so invested in all of it yeah, and it also is a performance that gets elevated by the writing because especially yeah. when you watch it a second time, second knowing that time. he's making everything up, and you're and it just is like more impressive to the character that he can make all this up. I swear, the first time we watched that, my jaw was dropped for the next half an hour after the ending. It's because I was so astonished because that's like the smartest. To plot twist, I think ever, and the way that they reveal it the throughout, way they reveal a, it, the editing in that scene is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it yeah, it just praises it the writing even more. Um, so we're both fine with Kevin Spacey winning. I'd put in David Spade for Tommy Boy. You can take out whoever you want. You can take out Cromwell for Babe or Tim Roth for Rob Roy. You can take out mm-hmm. either one of them. Um, best actress. Uh, let's let's just. Well, but let me read the nominees first. The nominees were Susan Sarandon, Dead Man Walking, Elizabeth Shue, Leaving Las Vegas, Sharon Stone, Casino, Meryl Streep, The Bridges of Madison County, Emma Thompson, Sense and Sensibility. Let's just bask in how much better of a Best this Actress is a category great this is. Best Actress this category. This is a loaded Best These Actress category. These are movies category. that people remember. This is, and I mean... The fact that you can argue all of these women are playing such complex yeah. female characters is just so astonishing. And just remembering last year's awful, that awful debacle of a category and then going into this, it just makes you feel like the Academy realized that they did something wrong last year. Or we just got like better female performances. That this is year. true. Um, some snobs, Annette Benning and the American president. 
big one here, I think Alicia Silverstone in Clueless, I think is one of the best performances in a teen movie. Absolutely. It's up there. People talk about how, like, how Heath Ledger was kind of overqualified to be in a teen movie and Emma Stone was kind of overqualified, Jennifer Jason Lee, but nobody brings up how incredible Silverstone Mm -hmm. was in this movie. She's so funny. She's um, so captivating in every scene that she's in. She's very likable. She's extremely likable. She's extremely beautiful. She, she's just great. In this Her movie. timing is incredible when she's delivering the jokes. It's also like not a, like it's not a physical comedy performance either. Mm-hmm. Like she does no physical comedy in the movie. It's all just the comedic timing yeah. that she has, and that's the toughest thing to do. Probably, yeah. Um, so I had her down, uh, Sandra Bullock and while you were sleeping, that's for you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I think she deserves a nomination. I think we'll, most of our, uh, Sandra Bullock nominations will be for her comedic performances and Absolutely. not for her. She doesn't get enough credit as, as being such a funny comedic actress. I think she doesn't. I don't. And I wonder if it's because the Oscar that she has is for yeah. a dramatic performance, but I don't know. So. The problem is, I don't know who I would take out for either one of exactly, these. Exactly, that's the thing. Because you say, you see, like, okay, so let's let's go through these. Meryl Streep in the Bridges of Madison County, I feel like, is the one that you could say. I watched the Bridges of Madison County. I thought she was Meryl Streep in the movie, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really a performance that I, I understood why she got the nomination for. And I think she deserved the nomination um, Emma Thompson in Sense and Sensibility yeah, she is was great. great in it. It, like, this is where it gets hard. This yeah. is where it gets tricky. I will say it's interesting for Elizabeth Shue and Sharon Stone because these are both of these actresses. This was kind of, I think, their last chance to get. I, I don't want to say it's their last chance to get the Oscar because they're both still working, but it was certainly like. It was their biggest possibility of yeah, getting to, it. to win it. It's like yeah. Samuel L. Jackson for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It was like that was probably like one of his only chances to win Like it. the biggest chance that he'll yeah. probably get. And that was the case for both of these actresses. Um, Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. I Go ahead. You, you look oh. like you wanted to say something. Oh, Or was I well, wrong? I, you were wrong, but I mean, she's just incredible. In that movie. I mean, the one thing that she shares with Sharon Stone in both of those performances is that they both play very, 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 very broken. troubled, yeah. very broken women. Uh, Elizabeth Shue does it, uh, I think, better in a sense. Um, because she's so emotionally broken that she doesn't have any emotions. No, no. Like, she's incur- Like, I think one of the most powerful scenes in that movie to me it, well, there, there might be two. One is when she buys the flask for Nicolas Cage and like the joy on his face because nobody has encouraged his mm-hmm. alcoholism like she is. But like yeah. she's she's so broken that she doesn't care. And then the other one is where like after she basically she gets raped after she gets, mm-hmm. she gets raped and she's still working in yeah. the profession that she was working in. And it's just such a. a, a it's crushing a, it's moment. one of the most heartbreaking performances I think I've ever seen. From both of them. From both of them. Yeah. It's a, it's a very sad movie. It's to such watch. a sad movie. It's and not one fact, that you want to. It's so sad that just talking about it right now, I don't know if I really want to talk anymore because I'm very sad. Um, 
Now, what I will say about Sharon Stone in Casino is that this is the only Oscar nomination Casino got. And really? for the, I think so. And Not production? I, I don't think it got production design. Should I look this up? I mean, I would assume because just Here. looking at Casino the production, the, like the lighting in that Oscar is just incredible. Noms. Googling it right now. Uh, yeah, it only got uh, a kidding for best actress. I mean, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even seen the movie. It's a I, highly like, snubbed movie, and you're right. I mean, its production design is great, but one of the most impressive feats I think Sharon Stone did is that she got a best actress nomination for a Martin Scorsese movie, and that's the I only know, nomination that's, that's, that's that the insane. Martin Scorsese movie. There's got. only one of his movies where. Where a woman is the main character, she didn't even get an Oscar nomination. It's crazy. This isn't a spoiler, you guys. We kind of bash on Martin Scorsese for not really knowing how to write female characters. characters. But it's, I mean, it's true up to an extent. And I guess if if that's not one of his strong suits and he doesn't want to do that, that's fine. But I I mean, you think about who else besides Sharon Stone, and you think like Vera Farmiga in in. the departed like who else jodie foster and taxi driver maybe i think when he i think there are certain moments where he does try really hard spe- specifically with alice doesn't live here anymore in casino and they do work mm-hmm. but it just seems like he's not really trying anymore you know what i mean i yeah i don't know i mean i don't know I mean, Anna Paquin had seven words yeah. in in The Irishman, and that's probably the most words a woman had in that movie. But I just think that that's an impressive accomplishment yeah. within itself. Good, good for him. Um, now, Susan Sarandon wins for Dead Man Walking. I think that this was the right decision in I the do. end. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Thank you, um, members of the Academy, for including me in the fine presence of these other great actors and for giving me this opportunity to thank people that are so dear to my heart for making this happen. First of all, Sister Helen Prejean, who's here tonight, uh, for trusting us with your, with, your, with your life and bringing your light and your love into all of our lives. Sam Cohn, my dear friend, Elaine Goldsmith, Arlene Donovan, you should be so happy because this would not have happened without you. Uh, a big thanks to Martha Luttrell and Nancy Selzer for their support, to the crew who worked so hard and so well for so little to keep me safe, make me laugh, and do their job. I thank you. The crew, the rest of the ensemble, especially Celia. Ray Barry, Arlie Ermey, Roberta Maxwell, Lois Smith, all those mothers and fathers without whose strong performances the film would not have been as balanced and had as much dignity as it did. I thank you for that. Uh, big thanks to Sean Penn oh, for, your, um, for your intelligence and your courage and your humor and your hairdo and it was a great dance thank you so much uh, to my kids Eva Jack Henry and Miles uh, thanks for being such good sports and who were in the movie and did a great job um, and finally to my partner in crime and in all things of the heart 
uh, the writer, the producer, the director, the spirit, Tim Robbins. Uh, you kept us on track. You fought so hard. Thank God for your stubbornness. Uh, thank God for everything about you. We would not have had anything without you. This is yours as much as mine. Thank God we live together. Um, may all of us find in our hearts and in our homes and in our world a way to nonviolently end violence and heal. Thank you. This was definitely, this wasn't, I think a lot of people thought that she should have won for Thelma and Louise, and then she wins for this instead. Who is she going up against in Thelma and Louise? Was it Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster. For, okay. Silence of the Lambs. And yeah. the other person. Yeah. And Gina Davis. Yeah. For Thelma and Louise, the other person. Sorry, Gina I forgot Davis. her name. I knew, I know her face. I know the movie she's been in. I just didn't remember her name. Leo would kill you. A league, you know A League of Their Own is her favorite movie. Yes, I do know that. I just didn't remember her name. Um... So I don't, but I don't think it was a makeup Oscar at no, all. I know what shape or form. What she did in that movie was heartbreaking and just great. Mm-hmm. Do you want to touch on it a little more or? No. Okay. Well, that's great. Wow. What, do heartbreaking. You, do you want to? Well, the one thing I will say is that she does the, the believability that she's connecting with this character so much and that she is put in a tough position because she's empathetic, especially like. I think her best acting comes from when she meets both the parents yes, of the kids that, that were murdered. Like just such great acting. Because she's horrified and mm-hmm. disgusted by the the things that these people have had to go through. And then at the same time, like she still has to stay there and say, Well, I'm I'm gonna keep, you know, mm-hmm. visiting this guy. I'm gonna keep doing it. Um and it's just it's it's incredible acting from her, and that's and that's so tough. Like I want to put Alicia Silverstone yeah. in. I don't know who I'm taking out. Me, I. You know what? I'm just gonna say because I haven't seen the Meryl Streep movie, The Bridges of Madison yeah, County. I'm simply that just gonna take that out because I haven't seen it. Okay, and then put it in her. Emma Thompson is great. I feel like we haven't talked about her enough in Sense and Sensibility yeah. either. I do think that she. Never mind. I was going to say something, but I, I, I mean, she has great chemistry with everybody in yes. the movie from Hugh, Hugh Grant, and um, it's a, it's not a very comedic performance, but uh, there's sprinkles of comedy in mm-hmm. it as throughout the entire script, um, and it's kind of the first big Emma Thompson thing in the U.S. She had really only done like sketch comedy in the U.K. before that. Well, she won an Oscar for something um, in like ninety nineteen ninety, I think. Oh, maybe it was for it was like writing a lo- again. No, it wasn't Love and Theft. No, that's a Bob Dylan album. I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> I don't know why my mind, why my mind went to that. Anyway, best actor. Uh, Nicolas Cage, Leaving Las Vegas. Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Holland's Opus. Anthony Hopkins, Nixon. Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking. Massimino Torsi. Sorry, Massimino Torsi. I butchered your name. Two Postino, The Postman. Uh, some notable snubs, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman in Seven, uh, Clint Eastwood in The Bridges of Madison County. I would like hardly defend him in that movie, but he was, I thought, enjoyable in the movie. Chris Farley in Tommy Boy. Man. Um, there's, a, there's a comedic genius to Chris Farley that at the time everyone compared to John Belushi, mm-hmm. and I think 
now his type of comedy has surpassed John Belushi's. I do and think you can gonna, distinguish between weird, the two. I do think that he is certainly better than Don Belushi. A lot of people think yeah. that at this point. And obviously there's the people who were raised on him. And so of course they're going to say that instead. Um, I think Chris Farley was just so, I think, willing to do. He was more. so out there. He was out there. And at times that, that was a little tricky, but um, now I think the one problem in saying that is that John Belushi has the bigger film career in that he has two more notable movies mm-hmm. than Chris Farley. Like he, Belushi has Animal House and the Blues Brothers, and Farley really only has Tommy Boy. But here's the thing. I don't think that both Animal House and Blues Brothers haven't necessarily aged perfectly. You know, Well, Animal House probably hasn't. I think, yeah. I think. I mean, there are some parts of Blue, Blues Brothers that make I watched me laugh a really little hard. bit of Blues Brothers. I watched like the mall scene all Which the way is to a the great dinner scene. scene. Yeah. And I was expecting to laugh a lot. And I did laugh quite a bit, but not as much as I thought I would. Fair enough. But I do agree with you that I think Chris Farley is, uh, I, I don't want to say better than John Belushi. Yeah. That's not the right that's word hard, to use. Because that's but... hard to say, because certainly John Belushi, I think, is a little bit more of a legend. Yes, definitely. Um, but anyway, I thought in Tommy Boy, there, there are, he's trying to do some drama yeah. in the movie. He's not perfect at it. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit for a comedy movie like the boat. It's good acting. Was well done. Yes, but uh, what he does great also comes in the boat scene. Yeah, when he's screaming at the kids. Screams at the kids. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, I think of their first pitch meeting where they almost get the deal, and then he blows it when he like sets the car on fire and is talking about this car (laughs) crash. Guy in the corner puking his guts out. It's just so he's so so funny in in the movie. Um, he has this dumb innocence to him that just makes you laugh every time. He's you watch uh, yeah, the the kid trapped in yeah. the adult body. Um, Mel Gibson and Braveheart. Do you think they were like, you know what, we're gonna give Mel the best director Oscar anyway? So I, I don't that, know if we should get nominated. I think that him. might be the only reason why, honestly, because I thought he was really good in Braveheart. Yeah. He did he incredible. get? Did he win one for producing the movie or no? Yeah, he won. He, he won, won two Oscars. Okay. That night. So that's probably why they were like, all right, we're already getting two. Yeah. Let's let's. Uh, widen the the films a little bit so i would definitely i could take out i i will say this anthony hopkins thank you for showing up to this oscars Mm -hmm. i wonder if this was like one of the last oscars that he was showing up to was this one um i would take out i haven't seen mr holland's opus or nixon so i take out either one of them put in chris farley um sean penn in dead man walking is just as great of a performance as susan sarandon and I don't think the performance. I don't think either of their performances necessarily work without the other. The way they play off of each other. And to think of, you know, what a horrible, horrible, horrible person Sean Penn is playing, and the redemption that he seeks mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Um, and then one of the things that I like them doing so much is that end when he does admit to doing it. That was so sad. It was heartbreaking. And he admits to doing it, but. Like at the same time, he he knows that he can't get redemption, but he also kind of seeks for it at mm-hmm. the same time. And it's just so well written, but it's also so well acted mm-hmm. at that point. One of the other things I love too is like later on in the movie, they no longer are talking face to face through the glass. They're talking through a door mm-hmm. and there are only a few holes in the door. And like 
she'll say something and then he'll go what and she'll have to repeat it again yeah. and that's just the like the subtle Those, I love it when out. movies take that one step further to make it seem like realistic yeah. like this would actually happen mm-hmm. in real life and it's not scripted and in the in Dead Man Walking he starts off so like not caring and then progressively yeah. in the movie how he gets so much more nervous and yeah. the scene where he's talking with his family is just like you can tell that he's so nervous but he knows that this is like the last time he's ever going to see his family. Again. Yeah. And then as the movie builds up and he gets nervous mm-hmm. and more nervous because he knows when the guy walks in and says, you didn't get the, you didn't, mm-hmm. we're not going to court over this or whatever. Um, it's just, it's great within itself. Now, Nicolas Cage also playing another heartbreaking <laughs> performance in Leaving Las Vegas. I think Cage deserved this. A hundred thousand percent. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter uh, film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this, for including me in this group of super talents, and, and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I, uh, I, uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting, and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Let me thank the awesome, multi-talented Mike Figgis. My incredible, my incredible, amazing co-star, Elizabeth Shue. I am, I am gonna share this award with both of you and uh, 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 the late John O'Brien, whose spirit moved me so much, Tony Dingman, Annie Stewart, the producers, Annie Stewart, Stewart Regan, everyone at MGA, uh, MGM, UA, I'm sorry, and Lumiere. I'd like to thank Ed Lamato, my colleagues, Jerry Harrington, Jeff Levine, Richard Lovett, and uh, uh, everyone in my family, my gorgeous wife, Patricia. And I just finally want to say, hi, Weston, it's Daddy. I love you. Thank you. Um, he plays from, you don't see the movie, he plays a straight alcoholic in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I guess, essence of what there, people there's, call there's Nicolas a little Cage bit acting. of Nicolas Cage as as we know him in it. The, but the, it is in terms of context of the movie, like not funny. You know, like in certain Nicolas Cage movies, there are some scenes where you just laugh out loud. National Treasure Two. National Treasure Two. There are some scenes where he's just screaming and you laugh because I think that's yeah. what he's going for. Or like Con Air, where you think he's yeah. doing it dramatically, but it's actually funny. Like when when, when he says, "Put the bunny in in the box." Like you you don't take that seriously. You yeah. laugh at it. Yeah. But in terms of the context of this performance, when he's going over the walls when he when he's doing like his old his short monologue where it's like you don't kick the bar you lean into the bar yeah the, like you're just like oh god yeah the scene where the girl is hitting on him in the bar yeah. to get her boyfriend jealous um the what was so interesting about uh leaving las vegas is that it it's it doesn't look for a happy ending in the end like it continues no, it, to it, have the flawed characters and throughout the movie he says i'm an alcoholic I'm not going to change. Yeah. I'm. He goes to Vegas to drink himself to get death. He like sells yeah. everything for money for booze, and he doesn't seek redemption at all. Like Sean Penn kind of does in Dead Man Walking. He doesn't try to change. It it's just so heartbreaking because of the fact that, and this is also kind of smart from like a writing standpoint that early on he, you know that he's not going to change and he is going to keep drinking himself to death, but. 
during the movie, you're kind of like, maybe he'll change. And you you just but you just know that he's not going to that yeah and it, like you said it's great for the writing because it makes you think that it's turning into one of those mm-hmm. movies where he's defined that he's not going to change and then oh he did yeah. Elizabeth Shue gets him to over the power of love and then that doesn't happen doesn't in the happen. end um yeah I think he was really deserving of this um like I said put Chris Farley in there for everybody else it's hard obviously to it's compare so those weird. two performances it's so weird that we went from laughing about Tommy Boy to being very sad, sad about, about leaving Las Vegas yeah. Nicholas Cage. Um, best Director, uh, the nominees, Mike Fickus, Leaving Las Vegas, Mel Gibson, Braveheart, Chris Noonan, Babe, Tim Robbins, Dead Man Walking, Michael Radford, Two Postino, The Postman, oh. Mel Gibson, One in the End. I don't write speeches, uh, but I, I would like to thank a few people. Uh, and, and I have it on a list. Not a long list, not too long. Anyway, it's... Uh, I mean, I'd like to thank the Academy, first of all. Um, and Alan Ladd, Jr., who, and, and Randall Wallace, who first came to me with the script. Randy wrote it. Laddie was attached as a producer. And, and they had no problem with, with giving the reins to a fiscal imbecile. You know, this takes real courage. Uh, my production company at Icon, Bruce Davey, Steve McAviti, Dean Lapata, my right-hand man, and everyone at Icon, uh, Paramount and Fox, who both went in, they double-dipped. Uh, Sherry Lansing, John Dolgen, Barry London, Peter Turner, Bill Mechanic, Jim Giannopoulos. It's one of the best cast and crews I've ever worked with. John Toll, who's already been honored here tonight. Tom Sanders, Charles Notes, Steve Rosenblum, David Tomlin. Thanks for dragging me through the mud sometimes. Uh, James Horner, Mick Rogers, Simon Crane, and the Clan Wallace. We mustn't forget the Clan Wallace. Nigel Sinclair, Ed Lomato, Jeff Berg, Alan Nirob, Paul Brock, Rod Lurie, my wife and family for indulging me and uh, God for indulging me in this tiny moment. Um, and every director I've ever worked with, um, they were my film school. And uh, now that I'm a, a bona fide director with a, with a golden boy, I, uh, well, like most directors, I suppose what I really want to do is act. But, uh, <laughs> uh, is that right? Thank you from uh, the bottom of my heart. This is a truly wonderful evening for me. Thank Here you. Some, the, the snubs that I have um, could be a separate best director category in their own. Clint Eastwood, The Bridges of Madison County. David Finchner, Seven. Ron Howard, Apollo 13. Ang Lee, Sense and Sensibility. Martin Scorsese, Casino. That could be that its could own. a 100% be its own category. All of those directors, but Finchner, have won Best Director, right? Yes. Eastwood, uh, Howard, Lee, and Scorsese, they've all won. Mm-hmm. Finchner is the only one. Um, that could be an entirely separate it category could. within itself. And I think, I'm honestly surprised that Sense and Sensibility didn't win. I know. Because I, I thought... think that the best part of the movie was the directing. And Ang Lee has lately become one of my favorite directors. Because you love Brokeback I Mountain. I love Brokeback Mountain. And what he's able to do with his films. And I mean, I noticed it when I was watching the movie. And I was just like... Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. I was just like, wow, the lighting is incredible. And like, I don't think about lighting at all. But what he's able to do is just make you feel like you're actually there. Make Make it seem like everything is lit by candles when it's not. Yeah. 
Um, there, there are a ton of shots that I loved. He, he's really good at like the the slow wide out. Yeah, he's so good at establishing where the characters are. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Brokeback Mountain is those little shots like over the mountain. Yeah. You know, you just know where they are. And it's beautiful where they are. Yeah. I mean, in Sense and Sensibility, they're literally just at like a, a small house. But I mean, the, the shots yeah, that you make. The shots it. are incredible. Um, so I think a lot of people would say David Fitchner mm-hmm. sh- definitely should have gotten a nomination for seven and maybe even should have won it, won it, um, win it, win it, win it, won it. I mean, I'm still going to say that he should have won for social network. Well, we'll get into that. We got to wait for that. So, all right. So let's go through these. So Mike Fickus, you think that he definitely should have been nominated for leaving Las Vegas. Yes, I do think so. Because I think, I mean, I can certainly see why, like, no, people wouldn't Mm -hmm. think of that. But I think how he was able to create this huge city and make it just, like, small and intimate. Yeah. I thought was unique. Yeah. I mean, I think the directing is great. It's not the one thing that jumps out to mm-hmm. me upon viewing the movie. It's also, you and I were talking about this, a very 90s movie. Yeah. And it's soundtrack. The soundtrack, because they, I looked use it up. of it. They reuse the same song three times in the That's movie. That's what I thought. I thought that. And okay. it's not like different parts of the song. It's They played the beginning of the song three separate times in the movie. Yeah. And I, and I just, as soon as I found that out i was just like why casino does this a little bit with i'm gonna shock you here a rolling stone song give it's me not, shelter it's not give me shelter oh man it's uh satisfaction really yeah they do that occasionally but there is uh, of course there's give me shelter yeah. in the movie here's uh, a, an, another thing about what i kind of liked about leaving las vegas is that he's able he was able to have nicholas cage and susan's elizabeth shoe and they're pretty much like very separate people, but he dissects them until they seem like the exact same person. Yes. And that's like really hard to do. Yes. Because when you meet Elizabeth Shue, you know that she's obviously troubled. But as the movie goes on, she's kind of like the she's viewed as like the one stable one of mm-hmm. the two of them. And then as the movie goes on and they their paths kind of divert again, then you see them. You realize both. that they are pretty much just the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I'm going to take out, um, wait, Chris Noonan for Babe. Yes. Even though there were two shots at the beginning where I was like, oh, those were actually kind of two I really will cool say, shots. When the way he revealed that, the hey, the pig didn't get shot, you still got half an hour left in the movie. I thought that that, that was unique. Yeah. Because he loads a gun with like two bullets and then walks into a room and then his wife comes out and it's like, don't shoot the pig. And then he walks out and then he just like cuts to the gun and he takes out both bullets. Yeah. I thought that was actually really cool. Yeah, I thought the beginning where it's kind of just a tracking shot of the the pig broths and then one shot where um um who's the main guy in the movie? Why can't I remember his name? James Cromwell is um like building his his little dollhouse and his uh directing that I thought was pretty good. And then the rest of the movie is just like a standard kids movie. Yeah. I would put Martin Scorsese, no, I would put Ang Lee in then, yeah. in his spot for Sense and Sense. Ang Lee is just one of those directors that I that people don't talk enough about, I feel yeah. like. He's won two Oscars for directing, yes. and no one talks about him. It's really impressive. I wonder, and he's had just such an interesting career in yeah. spanning Sense and Sensibility and Hulk and Crouching Tiger <laughs> and Brokeback Mountain and Life of Pi. And then going to Gemini Man. And then Gemini, I forgot about it. His, you could do like a... 300 part 
documentary mm-hmm. on his career is crazy. Maybe not 300 parts, but it's the first number to come to mind. Martin Scorsese, I did enjoy his directing casino. It's a lot of the standard Martin Scorsese stuff, the tracking shot throughout the casino, and then the camera turns around really fast and stuff like that. But if I were to put him in, I think it would be the same reason why I liked, I think, and think that they awarded Mel Gibson in the end for Braveheart, which is that I don't think that there's any necessarily great directing in Braveheart, but it's the such scale. the scale that he has to take on yeah. is an impressive feat within itself. I think that's one of the reasons why Robert Zemeckis won mm-hmm. for Forrest Gump the year before. Yeah, I do certainly agree with that. I think that the main reason that he probably won was because it's such an epic movie. The yeah. scale is ginormous, huge set extras. And that's usually what the Academy really likes. Yeah. You know, like they awarded that with like Ben Hur. And uh, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, those movies that are just ginormous. And I think that that's really the main reason why he won. Because when I think of good directing, I usually think of like so many shots speak out to me. And not many shots of Braveheart speak out. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, Yeah. there's no like one shot that sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, No, I guess that would have been bad. One shot that really sticks out in memory. Yeah. Um, Ron Howard in Apollo 13, if that movie comes out today i think it would have been able to do a lot more interesting things just mm-hmm. because of the technology advances that we had um but even like the movie still looks pretty no good, yeah especially for 1995 yeah definitely but for and i haven't seen all of 2001 but i do think there's better and that maybe that's comparing ron howard to stanley kubrick just is not fair yeah um but in the end i think i would take out chris noonan for um babe and put in Ang Lee for sense and sensibility. I would I Tim Robbins, I'm fine with keeping him in for Dead Man Walking. Yeah. Um and then I would take out Michael Radford for two posts, you know, the postman, just because I haven't seen it. Who do you want to put in there? I feel like a lot of people say put David Fitchner and we haven't seen yeah. seven. I would say Martin Scorsese for Ooh, casino. Who directed casino. Clu- Clueless? Amy Heckerling. You want to put, put Amy? her in? All right. Eight. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. We'll put Amy Heckerling in for Clueless. Um, and then here we go. The big one. Best. Oh, and we were both fine with Mel Gibson winning. By the oh way, yeah, we were Braveheart. fine. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I'm fine with it too. Um, best Picture, Apollo 13, Babe, Braveheart, Two Postina, The Postman, Sense and Sensibility. Braveheart wins in the end. We've already talked about the movies that we would have replaced Babe with. There are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It kind of would have been a perfect year for the Academy to expand to 8 to 10. I think that after what happened in 1995, that you think that they would be like, maybe we should mm-hmm. expand it but instead of waiting 13 years. They always had a fear of doing it, and I don't know why. Like, I'm sure if there's anything, a reason that's a why good thing. It's not a bad thing yeah, in I'm any way. I'm sure there's been books written about why they had a fear of doing it, because it was, like, they were like, you didn't you didn't nominate Lost in Translation? Oh, okay. You didn't nominate Eternal Sunshine next year? Oh, okay. You didn't nominate The Dark Knight? And then it finally got to, I mean, The Dark Knight probably was the one, right, that did it in the I end. would assume, because maybe... Maybe with the Dark Knight, they were just like worried about nominating it, and you know what I mean. Yeah, maybe. But it was like lost in translation. And like maybe the whole solution was okay. Maybe if we, you know, make more, have more movies in the Best Picture race, maybe we'll put in a superhero movie. And it's only happened once since then. Yeah. Um, 
I'm fine with Braveheart winning. Um, I was really yeah. surprised by Braveheart. I was certainly, and like the first ten minutes of the movie certainly worried me because I, I couldn't understand what they were I saying. I didn't understand a word that they were saying, yeah. and yet somehow when Mel Gibson actually is in the movie, like I somehow understand it. Yeah, I understand what they're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. I do. I guess that's a. I don't have anything really wrong with Braveheart. No, it didn't shove the whole like problems I have with movies like that. What like why is this all of a sudden this guy the one that's like people are like oh we gotta we gotta stand up for what we believe in because yeah. we're listening to this guy. How come no one else is saying that? Um, there were a lot of twists in the movie that I was kind of surprised by. Um, so I'm fine with that winning. Two Postino, the Postman, and Babe, I think, are just not relevant in yeah. today's. Um, I think that I mean, you could make the case for Sense and Sensibility, but I liked Sense and Sensibility, so I'm not going to make that case. I, all right, two Postino out, Babe out. Who are your other two? Leaving Las Vegas and Dead Man Walking. I think so. I think what I think I was so surprised that Dead Man Walking wasn't nominated. Yeah, I was so surprised because that goes to what we were saying before. It gets all these other big nominations and doesn't get Best Picture, which wasn't happening in this time. Yeah, it was. And by the end of the movie, I was so emotionally drained, you know? More than leaving Las Vegas. See, that's... That's tough. I don't know. Which Should we do a double feature of Dead Man Walking and leaving Las back Vegas one day? Back to back. No, Start I, I off don't. with leaving Las Vegas. We start off... We start off... We start off... No, hard. I don't think I can ever... I don't think I'll probably ever rewatch those movies again. Oh, really? Yeah. I would rewatch Dead Man Walking before I would rewatch Leaving Las Vegas. They're just such. With my luck, if I were flipping through the channels and seeing Leaving Las Vegas on, I'd be and we're like, all right, I'll I'll stop here, and it would be the Elizabeth Shoe rape scene, probably. With my luck, yeah. Well, jeez. Um, so it would be those two. You think? I think it would. I I it would be those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's so hard to compare Tommy Boy to those two movies. (laughs) Those that that and Clueless would be my other two alternatives that Mm -hmm. you could put in, but. This is the conversation that I think you wanted to have and we haven't had yet. Babe gets all of this attention. Toy Story is a better kids movie than Babe. And Maybe. I don't understand what Babe had that Toy Story didn't have. Maybe they just didn't know what to feel about animated movies yet. Maybe. But, but oh, Babe wait, is they- Babe is not like there's not like a lot of like actual actors in that movie. It's no. It's James Cromwell and his wife, and that's pretty much it. Okay, I'm gonna say this: his wife is not gonna in the movie. His she's wife's not, not gonna in the movie. She she's the she's stereotypical uh, mom that you would see in, <laughs> in all of these kids' movies like that. Wait, what was the question? Why Toy Story didn't rack up all these nominations that Babe did? You think it's just because they didn't know I what just, to do I with just animated think movies? That they, yeah, I think they just didn't know how to feel about animation. I mean, yeah, they did nominate Beauty and the Beast a few so years So what did yeah, what did but... Beauty and the Beast have that made this cuz Beauty and the Beast Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is a great movie, but it was it's Beauty and the Beast and then it's not until up that they do yeah. it again. So what did Beauty and the Beast have that made it go, "Oh, it, it, we're not going to do it with The Lion King or or Toy Story. We're going to do it with Beauty and the Beast." What do you think? I think it was maybe just because they wanted to see what would happen. Now, uh, I was obviously not alive during when Beauty and the Beast got nominated, so I don't know what the response you was. You weren't born in 1993? 
1991. You weren't born in 1991. I was not born in 1991. Here, I thought this whole time you were born in 1991. I thought you were here the four, 29 years old. No, Connor, I am not a uh, man in my late 20s. You act like it sometimes. What are, we're um, 30 minutes past your bedtime, right? It's nine o'clock. Jeez, why am I still up? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, about Beauty and the Beast, I think that they were just experimenting with like what they could nominate with Best Picture. Now, I don't know what the reception was to it winning, but maybe they were just like, let's pull back from yeah. that. Maybe they just... It didn't win Best Picture, though, It didn't right? win Best Picture. Okay. But maybe they were just like, why Why would we nominate? It's, it's not real people. All right. Interesting. And I do think that, you know, in 2009, they were like, okay, Up is a great movie. We're just going to nominate it. Well, and then that's when that was their first expansion yeah. of the category. And, that's and they probably had a blueprint. They were experimenting with what Yeah, they were like, let's in. put in two indie movies. Let's put in two true story movies. Let's put in an animated movie in let's there. Let's put in visual effects movies in there that are very heavy on that. Avatar. Avatar and gotcha. District 9. I was trying to think of which one you were talking about. But um, I'm just saying the fact that Toy Story didn't get as much as it did and Babe got everything is astonishing because I would assume that the Academy would... I'm assuming that they like Toy Story a lot more. I don't. I, I think that they like Babe a lot more. I mean, I think that's shown in everything that it got, and I think it's just uh, the weird old people that are mm-hmm. in the academy during this. Do you time, think the that they had movies. a uh, bring your child to work day, and they all brought their children, and they were just like, "Do you want to nominate something for best I don't picture?" Know. I and the, and the children were like, "Yeah, oh, Babe, that was." Yeah. A- movie i like to think that i i don't know this probably should have been a movie that i should have watched 10 years ago and then maybe i would have a different interpretation of it today maybe yes. i'd be like well uh, nostalgia you know <laughs> but i watching it as an 18 year old the first time and then i think it's also a very boring movie it is and i don't think i watched dead man walking the same day but they were two oh, man, close movies did. wow they were two it was very close so i watched this beautiful character piece and then went into this boring uh sheep dog pig movie yeah it's it's we should do a rant podcast on babe at some i point. don't think i want to i'm not going to rewatch it we just from memory i can just i think from because the dance scene which is james cromwell's best scene is really stupid it is really it's stupid super dumb yeah i will say this about babe i acknowledge that it is kind of an impressive movie to have an entire movie just be animals well that doesn't today. make it good yeah Back then it was, but back not then today. it was impressive. Looking back on it today, it is a boring script. It is a not well acted movie, and I it's just astonishing that this got nominated for best picture against movies like Toy Story, Tommy Boy, Clueless, Clueless and you know Dead Man Walking and, and Leaving, Leaving Las Vegas. Vegas. But I mean, still Casino. Toy Story, yeah, seven. <laughs> All these movies. Um, any final thoughts on the 1996 Academy Awards? Oh, I, I think that it's simultaneously aged kind of well and has aged really poorly. I think kind of aged poorly in terms of who they had win. Are you saying like from the not deserving winners or like Kevin Spacey has an Oscar? Kevin Spacey and, and Mel Gibson, Gibson winning and what's her name winning for a Woody Allen movie. I don't think it's necessarily aged incredibly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I think overall it is a, I'll say it's a pretty solid year. 
I'm not mad at all that Braveheart won. No, I'm not mad. I I thought I was going to be. I thought it was going to be. But I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be like Braveheart's overrated. And I was like, hey, I I enjoyed Braveheart. Yeah, it is certainly a a good movie. Um, All right. Next week we are going or whenever we record the next podcast again. uh, The 1997 Oscars. I believe this is English Patient. English Patient over Fargo. We'll get into that. We'll get into it. And it will be very interesting because I think we'll talk about which was uh, the worst, the worst Harvey Weinstein meddling? Was it English Patient to get over Fargo, or oh. was it Shakespeare in Love? I feel like we can't have that conversation Ryan. until we get to Shakespeare oh, in okay. Love. Okay, I All feel right. like we have to wait. Um, until then, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.